Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits podcast. I am your co-host, John Phillips. And I'm the other guy, Trevor. That is correct. I was waiting for the chick and it never happened. It does. It, it is. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, today, on today's episode, it is a... Well, we don't know what it exactly it is. It, well, I'll just talk about the topics. We are going to talk about Stranger Things season four today for the yeah. main, for the most of the episode. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about Thor Love and Thunder because TJ and me and all our friends at almost 10 o'clock at night went to go see it. Yeah. On, on It was Friday night, so yesterday yeah. for us. And we just wanted to share some quick thoughts on it. And yeah, I guess I'll start out by saying I think it is it is a top three for me personally color palette, Marvel color palette for me. And I would say it's it's also I, sh- I think I also consider it top three best as well. Like instant reaction. Oh, color like, palette wise. Oh, like to the color palette. Yes. I, thought you, I thought you meant the movie and I was like, whoa. Oh, no, no, that's, no, no. That's a that's high praise. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like. Because the reason I say this is because of the diversity in the yes. colors they're going with. It oh, isn't yeah. just the it isn't just Ragnarok where it's like this one color set of like bright brighter mm. stuff and like yeah. for example the where the Grandmaster is it they mix it up with the black and whites and things like that. Mm-hmm. If it was just that kind of that one brighter tone, I would have been like, all right, it's still cool, but yeah. whatever. But the fact that they have all those the the mixed colors with the black and whites and the just all that sort of variety. I, I honestly think it is one of the best, and I think it is a top three color color film for for Marvel. Yeah. Oh, real quick, we should probably put up. A, are we going to talk spoilers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, let's keep it spoiler free. Yeah, I was going to say we should yeah. probably should considering it just came out like a few days like a few days ago. Probably when this goes up. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. your reaction to that, TJ? Color like palettes are yeah. Yes. Uh, as a color palette, I think. It looks fantastic. I think, uh, for the most part, I mean, I, I mean, not. I think it just looks for as a movie, like visually, it just looks fantastic. Whether it's the colors in it, like that, really light up the scenes, or like the sets, or the costumes, or uh, the mostly finished CGI, uh, it 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 looks consistently good, right? And it's it's a visual feast. Uh, that that I mean. You keep, I mean, it's it's a Taika MCU movie. It's it's gonna have mm-hmm. that bright kind of feel to it, and it really it, it takes what it, it does in Ragnarok and really runs with it with like its insanity with colors and stuff like that, which makes it cool. Yeah, it, it, it solidifies it, the, the fact too that the CGI was actually done well, and they were oh, actually yeah. given times really solidifies that because there were points in the film that I was specifically looking at the CGI because of past bad marvel cgi yeah and seeing okay is this actually good and yeah it is good 95 percent of the time in this film yeah and a couple moments specifically where i was looking for it is when they're first in the omnipotency city Mm -hmm. and then also when they're on the boat going to what's the name of the place that gore's at there's a name for it dark realm yeah dark realm or whatever so on their way to that I was really looking at the blues and the greens and the purples and the you know the light shooting out from Stormbreaker. Okay, does this does this look good? Does this yeah. look clean? Does it look clear? 
Is there yeah. is there true definition between it, the different yeah. colors? Is it clear and concise and looks good? And it and it does. It does. Yeah. And I think again that and the same thing with the black and white too. Yes. It was first of all, I I think we need more black and white stuff in in film now. First of all, because yes. you know there will be all these different directors and just people in film talking about or and you know just movie lovers editing films in black and white like putting a black and white filter yeah. over them and it is crazy how much it adds to the environment oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of a certain scene i mean there's a reason obviously that they had that whole fight sequence and the whole part of the film with gore in black and white to get that sort of emotion they were looking for the darker emotion things like that yeah but it makes films now more interesting because we don't really see, see that much yeah uh i mean yeah you you get people like directors like uh bong joon ho and like people that like who like, like re-release it in black and white and they're like hey this is i like this like cut of it because it looks it, it adds like a cool little touch to it uh i know george miller did that with fury road logan has right. that stuff like that uh those are more like action ones but still um i mean yeah black and white's always been really cool just in action movies and out of action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, the lighthouse is very stunning looking in black and white. And, um, oh, what's that one? Cold War. That's right. That's a great movie. Wasn't that was, wasn't that, tw- that was the same Oscar year as Parasite, right? No, I think it's the year before. Oh, it's the year before. Okay. Yeah. One or t- it's one or two before. Great movie. Uh, criminally underrated. Um, beautiful black and white cinematography mm. uh really yeah I, I, it's one of the better i think modern movies i've seen like shot because mm. it's 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 just it lends itself so well to that like color palette and it just it just looks phenomenal what this one did really well too and, and another reason why just the black and white was so beneficial is that we were getting all that color right at yeah. the beginning and just so to see it totally just vanish really does yeah. change that tone and it just it just it perks you up as as a viewer, really anyone, because it is such a foreign thing now. Yeah. To see it. And yeah. So I think it's it's just that diversity in the colors, where they were placed. Yeah. That really it really stood out to me. I'm a huge fan of the Guardians films and I mean I think everyone can agree, even you agree, TJ, who's mm-hmm. and you're not the highest on those films. They are definitely the colors in those films. Oh, oh yeah. those two are great. They look fantastic yeah. through and through. Yeah, uh, I'd say they're some of the best looking Marvel movies in general. Yeah, um, yeah, and I've, it it definitely kind of has that energy where it's like the colors help it make it look even better. Right. Uh, it adds to the aesthetic and just like the fun that's going on on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then another thing too, before we move on, and this is a kind of a good segue, is when we're talking about colors, we can also talk about the costume design too, mm-hmm. and the and the costumes. I might have said this on the podcast before, but when I saw that still of Thor's suit with the gold and sort of that oh, that yeah. navy blue, that lighter navy blue, I claimed immediately that was my favorite Thor, Thor costume. And it's I, seeing it on the big screen, I think it still is for me. It's Don't get cool. me wrong. There's a lot of cool ones. We talked about the Infinity War one. Oh, yeah. We talked about all that stuff. But I... I <sighs> And, and it was also just totally refreshing to see that they were actually real and not CGI. Oh, that yeah. that made it 
even better. Oh my gosh. It was it was a sigh of relief for me to see that they were all actually in costume and it wasn't <clears throat> Tom Holland in oh, yeah. some CGI Spider-Man suit. It was the real deal and it it there, it's just one, that's just one aspect of films that CGI can't replace. Yeah. is physical costumes. Yeah. That's one thing I still don't get is how the Spider-Man costume is just CGI. Well, I mean it right depends on the the suit obviously cuz there cuz yeah. cuz there are you know this there are the his his OG OG suit that was he was putting that on completely. Yeah. Well, I mean but like um well, I mean like there's the thing where like they like instead of just like putting masks on they just like went like that like Yes, I remember that movement. bit. Yeah. It's just like just put on a mask it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I know I know for for the first one, Tom, that was completely a real suit. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes, I know that. Because you see, like, the behind-the-scenes photos of Tom drinking out of... I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, the Starbucks yeah. cup uh, with the straw. It, yeah, there's that uh, famous meme photo of him trying to look like he's trying to discuss something, and it's Zendaya, like, looking really confused <laughs> into the camera. That That is the best photo. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the Iron Spider suit is completely CGI. Yeah, that would make sense. And I know there are parts in this latest... Again, we don't. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I know there is stuff in the latest one. In the latest is. one that is completely because because you saw like a lot of. I at least I thought I did behind the scenes photos of the three of them in normal suits with, with their with actual masks. But like you yeah. said, I I do know of that viral moment, that viral social media moment now where people are bringing up the whole like yeah they did have for yeah. some of those scenes CGI masks, which is weird to think about. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's just like why <laughs> what's the point yeah um not saying it's like a bad bad thing because it doesn't look bad or anything but right i mean we it, didn't really notice it so no it's just, it's just one of those things where it's just like just use a mask a piece of cloth <laughs> yeah go for it but yeah so i think i that is another one of the highlights of the film is is the costume design for, for thor love and thunder tj what did you think of of Thor's costume or, or any of the other costumes that you might want to Oh yeah, I, point I thought out. I thought the costume design was really cool. Um I mean even from like Ragnarok and stuff like that, like they uh they made like characters that you've already seen look pretty cool. Right. I, I whether it was like a like Gladiator Thor and or, or not Thor, uh Hulk or something like that mm. or um Valkyrie Valkyrie's costume in uh Ragnarok looks cool and all that. Oh yeah. Uh, they really like stepped it up and were like, we're going crazy with these ones. And it shows because it, it looks fantastic. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, I think what, and honestly too, the, 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 having the real costumes helps the CGI out a lot. Yeah. Because it's not just, well, just, I, I should, I, I guess I should say the film overall, because it's not just one <laughs> CGI mess, like yeah. just stuff plastered everywhere even if the cgi is perfect just having that extra piece where it's a cgi suit a cgi human essentially it's just like it looks weird you get true definition when you actually have these people and these you know physical pieces of clothing yeah so i think that is another highlight chris hemsworth continues to is it continually is gold in these films and taika I mean, I've sort of had a mixed reaction with with Taika's stuff, and you're sort of on the same boat too, TJ, with his Marvel stuff. But yeah, 
uh, one thing is that we have to give him credit for is he made Thor actually interesting. Like he yes. did make him interesting. Yeah, he re- he reinvented uh, the character for the better. Because uh, yeah, for a long time Thor was kind of the the joke of the group for like at least for like the bigger people. Because like yeah, got Iron Man who had a banger trilogy like right up front. You had Captain America who had the Winter Soldier, which was fantastic. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting another Avenger. Oh, you got Black Widow who was like continually interesting. Yeah. And then um, Hulk was kind of just Hulk. Mm hmm. Uh, and, and then, like, the last of like the really, really big ones was uh, was Thor, but like, you got the Dark World in his first ones, which are very, you either like them or you don't. Mm hmm. So he was kind of like the weird, like, outlier where it's just like, he's, he's just kind of there. Yeah. And then Ragnarok really shifted that tone, whereas everyone was like, I like this guy now. Uh, can we get more of him and mm-hmm. for i mean he made they made him actually funny yeah they made him like legitimately one to like the one that is like one of the most enjoyable characters to watch now because he's just so goofy and stupid hemsworth really nailed the his sort of the way thor reacts to things yes in the in the joking way that he does and yeah. and that sort of thing, Hemsworth has really nailed that bit. Oh yeah, he's uh, like his shift like to, from Ragnarok to now, where it's just like it's it that comedy central. Just like he knows how to react, yeah. he knows how to deliver stupid lines. <laughs> yeah, he, he he just knows how to like he really reinvented it for the better, right? With the help of Taika and all them, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's leagues above what it was. <laughs> it was. I, I you bring up an interesting point. With people saying they either like it or they hate it. Like, oh yeah, like OG Thor. For me, for me personally, and I don't know about you, DJ, for me, it's, I like the first Thor movie, Mm -hmm. not a big fan of the second Thor movie. That's me. And same, I would say same with, okay, yeah. I would say that same with the Thor character too. I thought his portrayal, Hemsworth's portrayal in the first one was fine. I thought that was adequate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's decent. It is. But then when you get to that second one and then you get to some of the stuff where he's with the Avengers, it's like, okay, let's, let's yeah, change, let's try and figure something else. Let's make some, yeah. let's make some more waves here in the, in the group. Yeah. He, he, uh, he was definitely one of the more boring Avengers. i like to begin with, like when he was with the group, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have like the like charisma of like Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans that really like helped sell them. Cause I mean like, yeah, they became the faces of the, the, the franchise. And that being in part because they were just so fun to watch, like by themselves and in a group, where Thor was either he was fine or he was not good, <laughs> and it's it depends on the movie. Like he's fine in Thor, I'd say he's he's decent in Avengers one. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely at, he's definitely at the best, but like yeah, he it's he's the good, interesting. The good thing with the with the first Avengers movie is he does get that cool fight scene with Hulk. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, like, a lot of the comedy with, like, him and Hulk is, like, decent. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that was, like, a weird ragtag group that, like, weirdly kind of worked in the movie. Yeah. Uh, where where and it was, like, he did competing at the end and stuff like that. Right. He did really hold, hold up what he started in the first Thor, which was, like, the fish out of water vibe. Yes. Like, he kind of continued that, and that, and I think that, and that's part of the reason why Thor does work, obviously, in that first one. 
But then when you get to that third one, it's like, okay, he's not out of water. So yeah. what does he have left as far as... Yeah, he's in Asgard for most of the movie. Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, at that point, Tom Hiddleston steals the show, and he he hits the ground running with making Loki more interesting than Thor. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people agree that it is that Loki is the best character to come out of the MCU. That, that's a lot of people's mm. stance. I he's I think he's he's definitely been my favorite for a long time. Yeah, best. Ooh, that's okay. It's I shouldn't say it's majority, but there is that cult for there, him. Yeah uh loki has his has a crazy stand following yes uh and i mean as as he should he's a, he's a very fun character that i mean has fun, had like a fun progression through the through the mcu and i mean he's been there since the beginning so and i would also argue that he is debate he is debatably the most interesting of the characters that come out of the mcu because yeah. of his sort of backstabbing yeah he's personality al- he's always fun to see where like it like everything co- like goes with him <laughs> yeah like, oh. like, what is Loki going to do next sort of thing? And who yeah. is he going to backstab? And well, yeah. is he actually being authentic? And Oh, yeah. That's always been a fun part of his character, whether it's in the Loki show with, like, him and uh, Mobius. and First of all, too, I, real quickly, dude, his character development in the Loki show, oh, I just want to so f- shout that out. I didn't really, I mean, I thought about it, but now that it just kind of hit me, I was like, holy crap, that is... Like to think about where he came from, from yeah. the first Avengers movie to that. Yeah, it's from like the first Thor and Avengers movie to Loki show and like uh, Ragnarok and stuff like that. It really, it, it feels very whole. It's just like uh, you can you can see him slowly becoming less like sinister and be- mm-hmm. like becoming more genuine and all that. And and for for it to work, still work too, and still be interesting as a character yeah. is. That's that's also impressive. Yeah, and he's not even like the main main character. He's, no. he's like the side character. Um, to make that work so well is always it, it, it's super cool. Yeah, definitely one of the best arcs. Okay, before before we get too far ahead of, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get too far on our tangent. Let's let's reel it back to Christian Bale as Gore. Christian. So we talked about it on the podcast before, but. There were te- when they were doing test screenings for the film, everyone said that Gore was the best Marvel villain that they had ever seen, mm-hmm. and he had the be- he was the best Marvel villain performance they had ever seen. Yeah, I understand where they're coming from. I mostly agree, but he isn't as I will say he isn't as full as I was hoping he was going to be compared to some yes. of the the villains that I think of when I think of okay, these are the greatest Marvel villains. MCU yeah. villains of all time. I think he's definitely up there for me, but I think if he had more screen time, he would be even higher. Yeah. Cause I think in this time he has, he's very menacing. He, he just has a very, like he has an energy that's just so weird. Yeah. Like though his just facial expressions, the way he just carries himself and talks and all that. It's just, it, he's very just bizarre. Mm-hmm. And like, he's definitely one of the Marvel villains that I, I, I sat there and I was like, they, he just really just was like, they're just like, be weird. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, I can do that. Um, where I, I'm I, atheist bail. Yeah. He's atheist bail. <laughs> um, like the part where he's like sitting in, uh, he's sitting in a cage at one point with, with people. Dude. I will not say yeah. That scene is so good. Um, like the way he just carries himself and he's just like, 
he tries to like crack like a, a joke but it's just like it's so weird and it's just like it, it's like it's it's oh it's so good yeah it's i love that kind of acting where again i don't want to spoil obviously that scene but he definitely plays the villain role like you know when a villain will say a joke yeah but it's, it's, it's super like sinister it's funny to them but it's it's like all like in the end a very menacing and just bizarre yeah to like, the point where you as an audience member are are thinking wait is this dude literally gonna do like what he's joking about like i feel like there's there's that quality to him yeah and yeah it is just great and 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 among other things though what's what's mostly nice about this villain too is he is ultimately just refreshing because he is he he does very much create his own identity yes and i think of course that is just due to a large part due to his acting being yeah. christian bale being christian bale his acting and i i, I liked his arc through like the like the idea of his arc that's fair yeah there were some parts that were a little untouched but um like the way they set him up and ultimately kind of bring it full circle in the end and all that i think it was just, it it really just helped add to like how cool he really was in the end because i know i was going in i was i was ready for christian bale i was like yes mm-hmm. he was my main draw for the movie uh and i will say he delivered for the most part but i think uh it was more kind of the writers just needed to add him more yeah. uh because every scene he's in he he goes hard and it it shows mm-hmm. I, I i i totally agree with you it is nothing on christian bale's performance it is i think mostly just the writer's fault yeah it's just the writer's movie it's not it's not the qual it's not it's not the quality that's there it's just the fact that there needs to be more Yes. More it, of Christian it, Bale. It's not quality, it's quantity. Yes, correct. So I think if they fix that problem, that would have been really nice. There are a couple things in particular that I'm thinking of when I say that. I don't want to talk about them, though, because, again, we're doing spoiler-free here. But um, I, I would I would like to see that. And then one other thing I think we should talk about before we switch over to Stranger Things, because we are running a little long, is Natalie Portman, because she comes back yeah she's a big part of this movie what seems like out of nowhere because it is kind of out of nowhere yeah she you said it best tj when we were talking about this before i liked her arc i liked her placement in the film yes however the dialogue is mm -mm. yeah it does not really work and is it is yeah yeah she she has some her arc is ultimately very interesting it's it's a good reintegration of her character in a very interesting fashion. That makes sense. It's not illogical. It's like, why? Like, this yeah. totally makes, like, why is she here? Yeah, that was one thing everyone was like, how is she coming back? Why? How and why? And I think, for the most part, it was a very interesting way of reintegrating her. It really felt like, it, it, it felt like a, just like a natural thing that just was like, this feels good. Um... Writing wise, however, oh no, <laughs> yeah, the character kind of falls apart, right? Because, um, yes, she still kind of has that energy of like the early movies, but her transitioning into Thor, like trying to be an Thor character, it's very weird because she tries to be funny like Thor, but it <laughs> doesn't work all the time. Like she, yes, she has some funny lines out here and there, but she tries so much harder. And it, it feels like she just like she's so over the top about trying to deliver like 
a line that it ultimately doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it feels to the point where it feels kind of campy. Yeah, like there's one part where she's like trying to come up in with a bad a way, it not and not a yeah. like a good campy, as in like a awkward campy. Yeah, it's like there's one scene where she's trying to come up with like a catchphrase, and it's obviously supposed to be like kind of goofy and lighthearted. It's so cringy. I yeah. cringed so hard. Yeah. Like I was just like, you can't be serious. It's and it's, they tr- and they would come back to it like three times in the movie, and I was like, yeah, guys, you can't be serious. This, this is cringy. Oh. Um. But like it really, it, it almost broke the rhythm of the movie too. It did yeah. break the rhythm of the movie because it didn't feel as if she was she didn't have that moving point. at the same pace and in the same well Vain, just movie yeah. as as the yeah. other characters like like Hemsworth because yeah Hemsworth I, and uh, Tessa Thompson they well, I mean they they've worked in the other two they know how to do that Taika humor Natalie Portman doesn't uh, great actress I mean she's an Oscar winner like you mentioned earlier yes. Um, I mean, phenomenal actress. She's been around for ages. Um, Lord knows she cannot do Taiki humor, especially in superhero Taiki humor, because, my God, uh, it didn't work that well. <laughs> um, not to knock her overall, because, I mean, she tried. She gave it her best. She got built for the movie. She she did. I, I, that was what I was one of the things I was most impressed about with, with her uh, character in the in this film is that she put in the work. Yeah, she got buffed. She tried, and I I respect her for that. She she definitely gave it her all. Uh, it's just it didn't work as well as I think everyone hoped it would. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was a money grab. It actually she wasn't there for the yeah. money. Like it, it seemed as if she was Genuinely wanting to there. put something. But she was trying to benefit the film. Yes, in a good way. And I, yeah, I think reintroducing her was an interesting idea that ultimately worked. For better and for worse. <laughs> Agreed. I, I'll say that I would rather have her in the film than not have her in the film. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd say the same. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our quick little spoiler-free conversation on Thor Love and Thunder. Go check it out. And it's a fun theater experience like all the other Marvel movies are. Oh, yeah. And, and just seeing... I, I would just see it purely just to look at all the cool colors, too. I mean... Oh, Seeing those lit up on the big screen is is undefeated, and it can't be replicated, you know, on your on your TV at home. So yeah, honestly, do that. All right, it is time. We are going to move on to Stranger Things season four. TJ, let's just let's go to the upside down real quickly. Oh, and we'll do the pod in the upside down. Okay, kind of make it a little more authentic. And yeah, so let's uh, we'll, we'll kick things off. In the I upside down, we're in the upside down now. For a second, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, we're 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 in the upside down now. You you uh, we don't have the camera on, so you can't you can't fact check us. But we are definitely in the upside down right now. I like this idea. Um, TJ, what are your give us give me one thing that stood out to you from Stranger Things season four? Just one thing. Oh God. Um. Actually, here I'll I'll, I'll I got you. I'll I'll start this off. I I I I took back that your power teacher. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. One of the big things that stood out to me was the lack of minimalism that we get in this season compared to the other three, because yeah. mo- this is due to the the introduction of the CGI, the loads and loads and loads of CGI mm-hmm. that we hadn't experienced with the other three seasons. Yes. And. 
I was kind of disappointed in that regard. Like, I don't get me wrong. The CGI, it worked really well, and it was good CGI, and they spent yes. a lot of money on the CGI. But one of the things that I loved about the original three seasons of Stranger Things is that it did have that John Carpenter-esque... Well, I think a lot of this one is pretty practical. I think a lot of this... I think um, only a... a... Uh, a lot of Vecna stuff, and that there's one scene that's obviously very CGI. But um, I think most, of, I think they said most of it was they tried to, their best to do a lot of practice. Well, what I mean is, is from the standpoint that you have sort of this unnatural, uh, evil, fantasy-like entity in a oh, yeah. suburban neighborhood, oh, yeah. no, normal, normal sort of town setting. Yeah. Okay. And and I, I guess they sort of did achieve that, but. The problem, my thing that kind of, and we'll talk about this later when I rank the seasons, when we rank the seasons, is I didn't grapple onto that like I did with, for example, having the huge monster in the mall, for example, when they're Mm. doing the mall fight. Yeah. Other things like that, because, or like the demi-dogs in like the normal building where all the testing's going on. That idea of, and again, John Carpenter-esque Halloween type stuff where you have this evil being yeah in a normal setting and that's really what grappled me in those first three seasons yeah and again it is most i I don't have a problem with any of the cgi but i think that kind of i wasn't as high on compared to the other three seasons yeah i don't i don't think for i think for the most part it looks pretty good i think there's only one scene in particular was like this looks legitimately bad uh and they they i think they revisit twice because it was once at the end of part one and once at the beginning of oh, part two. Put up spoiler alert. Yeah, this is spoiler alert. Oh, okay. We're talking spoilers? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. We're going all in. All in we're going to talk about the season in, in full. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now that that's up, uh, it's the part where at, right after um, Eleven does the thing where she pushes uh, Vecna one whatever into... The upside and creates like the portal to the upside down. And he's floating around and lightning striking him. Oh, right. That scene looks awful. Yeah, <laughs> it looks legitimately bad. Um, but I think as a feat for CGI, I think for the most part it looks pretty good. Uh, I I didn't think there was a lot of. Cr- I I feel like most of, like the crazy CGI wasn't. I, I felt like there wasn't that much crazy crazy CGI that they used. No. I felt like a lot of it was mostly just like, oh, it's the little vines that go into Vecna and stuff like that. Um, and stuff like that. And uh, you you can tell that they still do go hard with all the practicality. Well, they do. And that, yeah. that is one thing that is beneficial and is nice is they is, and we kind of talked about this with the Thor Love and Thunder, having the, the actual costumes. Mm-hmm. Is there something authentic that the CGI can grapple to? Yes. So it's not just this one big canvas of mess visual effects. Yeah. So to have that, I agree, is is great. And I will also say that over time, over the over time with the season, you get adjusted to it. At least for me. Yeah. And it and it and it all just kind of is natural and flows. Mm-hmm. And of course, you had a lot of other moments that definitely were that sort of paranormal entity in a normal yeah you know normal setting you yeah. did you did still have a lot of moments like that dude 
that first episode of season one, that reveal or season one, season four, season four is tremendous. Mm. That it, it 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 catches you completely, yeah, off guard. Yeah, j- j- just the the reveal of Vecna and Chrissy uh, just going r- rising up into the Chrissy I'm into not the room this. and. First of all, I don't remember the act, the name of the actor that plays Eddie, but oh yeah, his his acting there, I love it in that moment is just incredible mm-hmm. and horrifies the living daylights out of you. Yeah, and combined with the directors, I don't know if it was the did the Duffer Brothers direct the first episode? I think so. I I can check for you. Okay, thanks. I don't know whose decision it was, whether it was the Duffers or the cinematographer. But not only to have Eddie's reaction, but to also uh, put a, leave it on him for several yeah. seconds as opposed to a quick cutting back and forth. But yes. to actually leave the frame on him for several seconds longer than than a, a, a lot of horror movies of today might do was really did strike just fear into you as an audience member and you watching it and fearing for Eddie and... Yeah. And ultimately what happens to Chrissy too? Uh, it is the Duffers. It is the Duffers. Okay. I was going to say, I thought it was them. Yeah. So it's, that, that was, that was really cool. And, um, yeah, they did the first two. And then I think the last, I think they did one, two, six, and then the last six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. Okay. They did actually do, well, they did do a lot of the episodes. Yeah. Cause I, I think them. um, or, uh, no, wait, 789. And then I think, uh, Dan Levy did three and four. Okay. And then I think two different people did five and six. Okay. Interesting. Something like that. I think that was what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I just, it was, it was ultimately an interesting change from the past seasons. Yes. The 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 increase in CGI, in fact, having essentially a full CGI world. Now, of course, you did have anchor points that were mm-hmm. real. Yeah, but still, it was it it you there was a a lot. I mean, that's why these episodes, in part, were so damn expensive too. Is oh, yeah. the amount of that CGI they were bringing in. So I think I didn't like it as much as I liked. The other seasons where it mm-hmm. didn't have as much of that, but it's still—I mean, it's still—it was still Stranger Things. It was still the Duffers, and it, yeah, there was a purpose to it. And I think ultimately that's why it's not—it's not really a negative, but it's yeah. something that I just wasn't nearly in touch with as I was with some of the other stuff in the other seasons. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I, I, the season I think just had a, like a grander scale, like where they were just like they used a lot more CGI where they could. It was just like, I mean, they had a lot more storylines and you, they had like so much to shoot that it's, it was insanity. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, because I mean, what, you got like four big main locations going on at like the same time. Like, yeah, uh, in, even in those little arcs, you get people breaking off and doing their own little thing. It's just like, there's a lot going on. That is a good thing that we, that is one thing we should highlight is the Duffers continue to live up to the standards that 
they they put on themselves with yes. the first couple seasons mm-hmm. is that I it well and also the third one they kept it up too but they with it, it is incredible with how much they had to manage yeah in season 4 like you were saying with all the locations and the fact that they were still able to make it make a good dare I say fantastic television season oh yeah it, it was just I mean, it they must have just been working from like six a.m. to midnight. Honestly, I don't know. They, yeah, they. Um, well, I mean, it's just it's such a. I mean, every season or every episode is like. I mean, I think every episode is the length of the season three finale, pretty pretty much. Yeah, uh, which is incredibly in of, in itself. Because I remember when that episode came out, and I was like, "This episode's a long," and then to think that every episode is that now. I'm like, this is kind of cool, but at the same time, it's long and there's a lot. That being said, they manage it fantastically. They make every, in, like, they know when to give and to take with every arc and, like, know when to, like, hey, we're going to put more emphasis on this one. And, like, they know how to, like, pace themselves with those. Um, And, I mean, that's one thing that they've always been good with is, like, pairing up characters that are, like, interesting and fun and stuff like that um like i i i think they even have like an interview moment where they're like yeah we strive to make an interesting pairing each season mm-hmm. uh where i think for this one it was uh nancy and robin at the, in the mm. early part of the season uh they were like here let's like let's take an episode and let's dedicate it to them kind of doing their own thing and then that like it kind of goes into its own thing in later episodes um they kind of try and have that pairing, like, because, like, I mean, that, that's how Steve and Dustin, be, like, came to be. It was like, let's just stick these two together. Yeah. We don't know what to do with Dustin. We need kind of, like, a, a turning point for Steve. Why not? And it worked in spades. I mean, it's one of the best pairings of the show. It's, it is. It's so good. The, the, it, it worked so well that you have a cult dedicated just to yeah. the Dustin and Steve pairing. Yeah. On social media. I mean, yeah, the... um. And then, like, even adding, like, Robin into that group, like, in season three and, like, it, it, like, anything revolving, like, that little group of, like, characters, like, they're so funny and they're just so, oh, I love it. Um, But, yeah, that's one thing that, like, is always a joy is seeing who they stick together for, like, little arcs and stuff like that. So, I mean, it makes it super fun to see how characters bounce off each other and all that. Yeah, it it just, it, (laughs) I don't understand why the duffer brothers can't miss they've created so many hours of television at this point that you that you'd think they they would have a trip up at some point and some people would point to the episode where 11 goes to oh yeah to detroit detroit or whatever to meet up with the the other people that were tested on right i think they were other testees right i think yeah i think it's like she meets up with like seven or something like that yeah yeah, that episode, it's definitely the worst episode of the show, in my opinion, but it's still decent. No, yeah, it's decent. It's not bad. I mean, there are plenty of other television shows that people consider great that have far worse yeah, single episodes, episodes, single yeah. episodes than that one. Yeah. So I don't consider that a trip up, personally. And, yeah. And just, yeah. So the fact that they haven't done yes. that. Yeah. And then, as you said, they're combining that with how big this season got oh yeah with all the locations and then 
the way they are managing these characters and saying, okay, these two characters are going to go to this other location. These four characters are going to have this journey to go to this location. That sort of thing is, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it is truly, truly impressive. Um, yeah, I don't know. And another thing we should talk about too is Vecna, obviously, because that oh, is yeah. a big, big, our main villain, our main villain in this film, or the film in this show. And what is, I found so great and refreshing about Vecna is we finally got a true face for an antagonist in the film and the, in, in the, the series. in the series, because before we were always getting these demi dogs or demogorgons yeah, monsters, monsters. Yeah. But there was never a villain that, you know, was actually talking and yeah. having that intellectual dialogue with our protagonists. Yeah. That really, uh, like made a point that like, hey, here's what I'm kind of doing. Mm-hmm. Here's my plan. Kind of stuff like that. It's, if, yeah, like I said, it's a lot more refreshing. It is. It is. It, it does add that whole new level to it, and I think it was needed, honestly. I, I don't think... I think before the season, we didn't know we didn't know it was needed, but reflecting on it, I think we realized, okay, this was probably the smart a smart thing to do, because if we got to a season five, and we never really had that... Face. Face-to-face with a, you know antagonist that could actually talk to them on that level, I think that would have been a a, a sore a sore thumb sort of dealio, and yeah. it would have stuck out like a sore thumb. So to finally have that, I think, is important. Yes, very much. And then also with Vecna, well, they did a great job with, we're talking about management, the way that they implemented Vecna, but then having those sort of flashbacks with mm-hmm. Eleven and the two plot points converging Converging. oh it's so nice on vecna currently and then us as an audience member figuring it all figuring it out and realizing that that one is vecna and having that what ultimately is the character development for vecna going on this entire time is it's just brilliantly done and saves time and aids different char- many different characters, not just Vecna himself, but many different characters' journeys in the season was just... There's a reason that the Duffer Brothers now have a masterclass for the masterclass ad, you know, website oh, yeah. or whatever it is. That's one of the reasons, is, yeah, is how they, they were able to, write. to make those two things converge and, and be efficient with their time. Yes. It's just, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, they, they really know how to... Like, like you said, just write like proficient, like write such so proficiently that it's just like it it all fits so like just picture perfect. Like right. everything just works so well. It's just everything has its point. It has its reason. It's here for like it's it's where it needs to be to help move the story along at a perfect pace. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there would be those that would argue, oh, well, what about, what about Jonathan and Mike and, and their group or whatever. But oh, yeah. honestly, I personally thought they still, they still had a purpose. Yeah. They, and they had, a, their arc, their arc wasn't like the most like crazy, crazy eventful, but it was still, it still had things going on that were interesting. And exactly. All that. Yeah. Yeah. I, Argyle. It's, 
Dude, oh my gosh. That scene where it's him and Jonathan and they're 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 um they're swinging at golf balls. Uh where all the the oh uh, the destroyed cars were. That was oh, so good. Oh, that was so that was so great. And I think what speaking of Argyle, what he he brought I was sort of worried about his addition because and same yeah. with not with so much with Eddie's, but a little bit with Eddie's too, is because you know, yeah, the cast is already so big. The cast is massive. Yeah. So adding those two characters, and then especially Argyle, it's like, what are you? How are you gonna? Yeah. How are these gonna play into the end game? How are they? But <laughs> to have the stoner vibe from Argyle, yes, it w- during the very Stranger Things esque moments, moments where it's it's Mike. Jonathan and Will figuring out like doing like doing the the normal Stranger Things thing, which is figuring out how to get to L, figuring out how to do whatever, yeah. and then on top of that, just having this random stoner dude like just <laughs> so say these funny. random comments while they're trying to. They're like, okay, so we got this number off this pen or whatever, <laughs> and we got to go to go to this Nina thing, and randomly Jonathan or, or Argyle. Argyle is messing with a pizza box or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> to make the gra- to make the tombstone <laughs> yeah. for the for the hey guys what's this guy's name (laughs) so funny and like his stupidity ultimately kind of pays off in the end with like the whole pizza shop (laughs) oh my god i know where to go (laughs) yeah so good it is yeah what's funny is um that guy who's who was argyle it auditioned to be eddie actually uh i just saw that today um but finn wolfhard uh mentioned uh, that guy to the duffers after seeing him in book smart okay the wild movie because he's in it for a little okay um and but like they never met or anything he's just like this guy you know he's, he's funny <laughs> i hear him and um yeah, i saw that on uh some instagram thing today where it's just huh. like yeah so we almost got argyle being eddie <laughs> wow and i was like that's kind of weird <laughs> That is weird, and I don't think it would have worked. It but wouldn't. It, it just the guy who's Eddie is so good. Oh, speed, yeah, let's talk about Eddie, man. He, yes, what dude, a he he definitely brought that. And just like just like Argyle, he brought a, di- a different vibe per, vibe to to the yes. crew and had that edge. That was kind of missing from a lot of the other ones. Yeah, and so to see him in in that role and then have that steve dustin relationship but he him being in steve's place yeah he kind of has like he kind of takes over for some of those moments and yeah so good it um, is this is music <laughs> yeah all like all all his like punk rock like stuff is just like punk rock mixed with nerd and so he like he kind of has that weirdo kind of vibe but also he's like he's he has that lovable nerd like dustin and like mike and all them like the things that they like and all that it was like a weird little mixture that weirdly worked and it made like him ultimately so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, oh, dude, the ending. Oof. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was it. I definitely think he should have died because like we said, there are a ton of characters. Yes. But it was emotional. Yes. And even though I, even though I wanted him to die, I he he grew on me so much yeah that and and had so much of a it had such a a, a nice 
made such a nice addition to the group that mm. you did still you did really a- after watching it you kind of had that moment where you're like oh my gosh i can't yeah. believe he's not going to be in the next season yeah where he's like it's just like yes the cast is so big and it's just like all right they have to kill someone someone from the like it's one of the new characters probably because i mean i feel like they do that every season where it's like a big new character they'll kill off i mean they do with sean o- sean Aston. oh that's a good Aston. point uh and they do with billy but i mean he'd been around for a season so uh but he was still a big player that was like a background character in season two who kind of became more of this like he truly became his own character in like season three um and then yeah then it was eddie in this one um yeah it, it's just one of those things where it's like you would have loved to see more of him because he he just has such a like a lovable energy and the whole internet loves him now mm-hmm. um he can handle almost has like steve energy which is like yeah everyone has a collective like yes i like this guy mm-hmm. um and it's just like it, it's kind of it it's it, it's nice to see that like the cast is still there and it has like its numbers but also like it's sad to see that the person that a lot of people loved from this season is, is already out, and you're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Not rest, him. rest in peace to our guy, to our guy Eddie. What a guy! But I, I ultimately, it was nice seeing that. Yeah, he he had his giving own giving art. edge. Yeah, giving having a character that has an edginess to him. Yeah, to that me. really none of the other characters did have. Yeah, he has an edginess to him. He overall, he just had a good arc through the season. Um, see, that's the thing is there are so many television shows that just add side characters to add side characters. Yeah, honestly. So they're good television shows to the point where it's like, where they're saying, okay, we'll just add him and then something will happen with him. Yeah. But let's just put him in here because we can, and we might use him. Yeah. Every single, no matter what it is, characters, moments, they have a purpose. Yeah. Like, Argyle is a stoner. There's <laughs> there's no purpose for him. Yeah. All the, why why would things. you want him in Stranger Things? There shouldn't be a purpose for him. But the Duffer Brothers knew, yeah, there is a purpose for him. Yeah. Eddie brought reason. that edge to the group that had never been there. And Argyle brought that stoner different comedy vibe that hadn't been there before. Cause you have Dustin comedy, you have other yeah. things like that. You have the normal group comedy. Yeah. Everyone has their own little edge to them or like their, their own little like comedy quirks that like make that or comedy like exclusive to them. And like it, cl- it clicks, but it's nice to see like a truly new form of that. But mm-hmm. that it w- w- like legitimately add something new for just for the season and makes it almost kind of like special. I was surprised at, how again how well it worked with the normal stranger things detective let's figure out how to get to or do this sort of thing yeah to have that overlaid it it was incredible how they the the how they mixed those tones i yeah. I, I never would have thought that would have worked no i yeah it, it shouldn't have worked as well as it does because uh because oh, it's yeah. this serious like okay we got to find l we got to go yeah, get to this have- nina thing like Let's get serious, and it was serious. And then but you then get they, the one line. It just uh, it, yeah, it shifts the tone of the scene so for a minute. Stupefying. I, I, even now, I, I'm thinking about it and reminiscing in in those moments, and I can't quite figure out 
how it worked, but it did. It's just it's, it is just that I guess that pacing and the and the duffers just having that clear direction. Yeah, I just yeah, it it was impressive. Mm-hmm. The, basically, any other show in existence would have butchered that some yeah. way somehow. There would have been at least a, a, a some moment yeah. where it just totally wouldn't have worked. Oh yeah. Because I, I can't understate how, I mean, you know this, how hard that is. You're dealing with two completely different vibes. Vibes. Yeah. it's it's it, We were kind of talking about something kind of like this when we were going to see uh, The Thing a few weeks ago, where it's um mixing Marvel feels with uh, Miss mm. Marvel, Captain Marvel, and stuff like that, where it's just like, how are they going to do that for the new Miss Mar- uh the Marvel's movie? Where it's like you have characters that have such different vibes, and you're bringing—it's just so hard to mix those. Um, hopefully, they take notes from this because this actually worked. But um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we were talking. Yeah, we we mentioned that they Marvel really has a a, a, a crazy task ahead of them with uh, adding three characters from three very different places with very different feels into one movie that's two hours and not yeah it, it's bizarre but yeah i guess kind of like that yeah yeah it i'm trying to think we so we talked about the other thing we'll mention with because we talked about a little bit in, in detail about the mike jonathan and will and argyle storyline um, the one other thing I want to shout out with that, with that area of the story is getting the, well, always present one shot because that is the mm. ultimate trendy thing to do now. Of course. It, no matter, e- even Stranger Things fell to the, the hype, the hype and the, the, again, the trend to do a one shot because mm-hmm. if you aren't doing a one shot, you don't exist. Uh... I'm saying that sort of in a uh, condescending way because, I don't know, one-shots are great, but now for me, I don't know about you, TJ, they're kind of getting to a point where I'm kind of sort of almost getting sick of them because now it's yeah. almost getting to the point where it feels like it's just a sort of like, a, oh, hey, we can, we can do, do this too and yeah. this is trendy, so let's do it. Not so yeah. much as a benefit to the story per se it's just kind of like kind of there let's just do it yeah i i think there it depends on the thing because like some some things really do them like a lot better than others if it's if it's genuinely cool i'll be like okay i'll, I'll give you credit but if it's just kind of there to be there like I'll, like the one in loki yes it's kind of impressive but like at the same time it, it's kind of just there to be there yeah um and stuff like that where i'm just like okay yeah <laughs> so i get you can you can move the camera around without cutting it it's cool but and yes you you made you made an interesting scene out of it but did you really need to no but and then i the uh, counter to that or i guess to say a moment where in another film where it actually does work and does have a purpose is the no time to die bit where he's going yeah, up the oh, stairs yeah, the stairs yeah yeah because for those that don't know, I won't spoil anything, but basically Bond is is walking up the stairs and shooting people. And that entire bit is is with a single shot. It's a one shot. For example, that actually works 
because there's a purpose to it. It's the idea. I mean, you're literally, it makes sense to have a shot like that in there because you're in a tight space and you're going Up, around yeah. stairs. So that would make sense to make a cool one shot there because yeah. you're in a tight space and it, it just feels natural. Adds perspective to the fight. It really puts us in the place of bond as he's taking these guys out. I think the strangers thing, strangers thing, one shot also works. I don't think it's there just for Flash. Wait, Be- where was it? I can't even remember. It's when the guys come and try and kill Will, Mike, oh, and, in the house? Yeah, okay. and Jonathan. That's what I thought, but I was like, I couldn't exactly remember where it was placed, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, I think, did have purpose, because I think what that one shot did that having a multi-shot scene would have would have done is 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 the one shot in that case added to the chaos yeah i think if it, again if it was multiple shots it wouldn't have been nearly as sort of what Heck, what is hectic. going on right now yeah it, it almost I, yeah it almost puts you in like at, like at a perspective in the the scene right where it's just like it's it's just like it's chaos and it's all that yeah mm-hmm. also too the the calif it was interesting too going to california having a whole sort of yeah change of scenery and 11 having that fish out of water sort of touch i thought was again just this world building and and the duffers continuing to adapt yeah to all these different places is yeah is freaking wild yeah between yeah california and russia yeah speaking of russia yeah we we take a trip to russia with with hopper with hopper and joyce who i think is now hopper i think is i don't want to spoil my character list which i don't think we'll do and we'll just talk about maybe our top three but i think for me my number one right now actually might be hopper honestly i like hopper i think um i think one of my i think it's just one of my favorite scenes out of the show probably now is um there's a scene, I think it's from episode four or five. I can't remember which I one. I think, I know what you're talking about because you, you told me about this specifically before oh, I had dude. even seen those episodes. Yeah, there, there's one, there's a monologue that Hopper has about like, just kind of giving up and all that. So good. Is um, this the one where he talks about his, his wife and daughter? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because there's that monologue and then there's the one where everyone's eating dinner, at, which is the episode before... So five, or no, it'd be it'd be six because it part one was seven episodes. Yeah, because then they're all in the cage, and yeah, in the last one, in the last one, yes. Um, whatever episode I'm, yeah, such a good scene. I mean, I uh, I love David Harbour's acting, and the writing for it is just phenomenal, and it really adds like this like sense of like oh god. Don't pull a John, TJ. This mic is too close to me. I need to sit back. <laughs> Don't stand. Don't stand. So- uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but... um, <laughs> Sorry, I was just keeping the 80s vibe going. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's... uh, It, it just feels... It, it adds so much to his character. And yeah, I, I, I definitely like Hopper a lot more after this season. I mm-hmm. think... At, at first, I was like, I like him, but he's, he's not like my favorite favorite, but... I think I definitely do like him more after this one. So my biggest takeaway, well, one of them I should say, with with the Russia 
uh, section of the of the show, mm-hmm. you you highlight one of the big pieces, which is Hopper's development as a character, yeah, and his sort of our our better understanding of his life and what he's gone through and stuff like that. Just yeah. his his aspect or work his, on life. just durability too as a human being. I guess. Yeah. I mean, dude. Oh my gosh, when he. I don't know how they did this because I feel like it was definitely reaching mature audience level. But when he has, when he has the big Russian guy hack at his ankle. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it lingers on him removing his, his cuffs from his ankle. I, I squirmed. I I just, oh my i don't know how how they were were able to include it for that long i think it was must have been just right on the edge because because not only it it not only did it linger on it but there was some great makeup there and so it really it looked really real yeah and Uh, yeah painful yeah i that's um there there is the once there's a movie that does the same kind of thing but like it goes all the way it's, oh no 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 it's no. it's oh. so gross but it's oh. so it's absolutely oh i think it's one of the only movie scenes i've actually had to like fast forward through because i was just so just like yeah oh uh, it's called gerald's game it's on uh it's on netflix okay it has a uh, bruce greenwood and um oh who's the main lady in it very popular actress um great movie it's very weird oh my um Carol's game. I just Oh, it's the, it's the lady who's um you've seen Watchmen, right? The yeah, yeah, the Watchmen movie. Um the lady who's like Silk Spectre or whatever in that one. The mm. girl in the skin tight suit. Yeah. Uh her. She oh. she's the main lead. Uh great performance from her. But yeah, there it had that kind of energy. Probably it's the same Stranger Things thing, and I was just like, uh oh. <laughs> mm. Squirm me. Yeah. So anyway, that really showed his durability. But another takeaway I had with that that area of the show was the fact that the the amount of content they were putting into it really made me realize the amount of content they were putting into each section of each area, each storyline, I should say, of the show that to the point where each storyline could have been its own show and it would have had enough Honestly, content to yeah. work off of. It's, you especially see that in that... I see it most clearly in that Russia storyline because it is so new. Yeah. I, obviously, you could say the same for the the Hawkins section, but it didn't really stand out to me nearly as much there because we had been there so often with yeah, you, the you other three, three seasons. Other seasons yeah. So the fact that they infused that much content and that much character growth into one new area into one new area and new storylines with that one russian guard that hopper was working with and you start out and you and you as an audience member are thinking oh it's not going to be much right it's just going to be this small role where he's ultimately sort of being that one sneaky guard that is helping out that's helping out these these prisoners trying to escape it's like okay we've seen this in a lot of other movies yeah but then it has this whole other level uh, when the episodes start, when you start getting up to the more and more episodes where you realize, holy crap, this could be a, a, an entirely its own 
standard or main character in a show about this Russian prison yeah. storyline. I just that really you you just don't see that in any other television shows today oh, no. yeah. I, or really any television show ever yeah uh, yeah it's it, it's definitely crazy to think that like like you said any one of the i feel like a lot of those see like season storylines could carry a show any one of them even it, it, even the will jonathan yeah and argyle and mike thing could literally be its own show okay we're going yeah. to get 11 yeah. so we're gonna it's gonna be like a buddy road trip thing we're going on yeah. a road trip we're doing all this stuff we're stop we're we're seeing dustin's girlfriend that, that could be its own show that could be its own season yeah it almost has like friends energy where it's like any one of them could lead their own sitcom any storyline here could lead its own season um yeah it's it's crazy the amount of just like content that is packed within these seasons. How long is this season? <laughs> like hour wise. Oh, hour wise. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, you're looking that up. I think we can move to what storyline we want. We talked about. I guess we can talk about L's storyline in the film. Oh, we kind of already hinted at it a little bit because it does the great job of. Having the Vecna one character seeing his development meet up with where he is right now as Vecna. Yeah. We highlighted that already, and that's a big part of that storyline. But getting Matthew Modine back and seeing... Gosh dang it. Sorry about that, guys. I need to put myself on Do Not Disturb. I am on Do Not Disturb. What, uh, what just happened? There we go. The having uh, some other things too that that really stood out is having Matthew Modine's character clash with the the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Um, I don't remember. Uh, it's like thirteen hours long. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. That is crazy. What's the name? He's he's the other doctor, I guess. That's oh, yeah. in... I, I completely forgot his name. You know who I'm talking about, though. I do know who you're talking about, though. Anyway, so when Matthew Bodine's character clashes with Dr. Owens. Owens. So, yeah. So when Matthew Bodine's character clashes with Dr. Owens, that's another... that that It was just another piece of the puzzle that made this season almost bulletproof despite being not nearly as as highly rated as some of the as all the other seasons were mm. yeah, yeah. It, it just i thought that was interesting the different i think another thing too that this storyline made me aware of is the different aesthetics of every single storyline having their own true identity vibes and yeah. identities here you're dealing with kind of like that underground science sciencey vibe that we'd experienced in a, in just in select scenes in previous shows yeah previous seasons that whole that whole bit was was interesting we really get to see some great stuff too from from Millie Bobby Brown mm-hmm. because despite being in being the essentially the main character sort of yeah, one, one of, of the main yeah. characters in the past seasons, she got a lot of screen time, but 
but it felt like we hadn't always got, gotten leaps and bounds with her as a character. Yeah, she she's never been one of my favorites. No, but I think this season, maybe, I don't know if the Duffer saw this or what, but I think this season addressed that. Yeah. And we really sort of got to see some, we got to see her on her own and kind of actually finally making her own decisions because yeah. there were points even when she was, like trying to else, escape yeah. stuff and she was still getting making having other people make sort of make her decisions for her kind of like in that episode where she goes to Detroit like there was still yeah. that heavy influence from everyone Seven yeah. and everyone else but this one it was really like okay we're starting to see that Eleven is the, her own person her yeah. own person yeah yeah I that, that was one arc that was just like you know this this is really cool I I like like the uh, I mean just like there's a very like the idea of like her getting her memories back and all that. Yeah. Uh, very interesting kind of like idea and storyline that, um, re- it, it was definitely, it's first, the first little bit I was like, okay, I can see where this is going. And then progressively got better. And I was like, I like this. This is kind of cool. Yeah. It, that was so, that was, we really got some, some more unique filmmaking with the whole, like, going back and forth between a, uh, older L and younger L in those scenes, too. Yes. And also the dichotomy of, hey, we are literally getting in the same episode screen time with young L and a bunch of screen time with older L and seeing how those two correlate, how, they, how, they're, how they're different from each other mm. yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was, was great because... It made it, it it expanded upon the puzzle that that the show was building and yeah. creating, and again adds that identity to who she is. Yeah. Because we finally we, we finally got the oh okay so this is what this is what young L was was dealing with. This is what young Eleven was dealing with, and mm-hmm. what her what what her what she was growing up with, and that All sort that, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And the last thing I'll I'll say too about that storyline was. I thought it was great opening the show with the scene where we think it's 11, 11 yeah. that did all the, the, the damage, and then we get the flipped perspective, and we realize, okay, that's what actually happened. Yeah. Another one part. of those things where, and I love this, it, it always gets me, when you have two what you think are unrelated characters or storylines meeting Merging up, in, yeah. and then you realize, you're like, oh, what? This is it. This is it, yeah. And then the other, the, the one other area that that location that is covered is hawkins of course which we are familiar with talked about eddie already i think some of the other things that stood out to me with that location is again additions of other characters that the the blonde haired guy that played the, the the star basketball player whatever his name is oh yeah where is he i can't remember what his name is um um, hmm. But anyway, the basketball player. Yeah, basketball boy. Dude, he was, my gosh, he was, he, he did, that actor did such a good job. He was so annoying. And yeah. so just, especially when he was, he was shot, the, the, especially with the shots that correlated with his character, sort of lower down and stuff like that. And the way they play shots when he was talking, it just, dude, he was, he looked mean and evil and yeah. Oh my uh yeah like it uh he he was partially part of me wanted a little 
more from him in the end because mm. it kind of just felt like he kind they kind of just killed him because they're like oh he, oh good point yeah he's he's really good for most of the season and then I feel like they kind of forget about him about him at the end they're just like we have to add him back in somehow because they're like everyone's hunting them but there's no real payoff to that part in my opinion there was just kind of like yeah people are hunting the hellfire club but there's no scenes of like people are like like oh there's, there's nothing wow that, that is a total um yeah loophole like, that whole like part just kind of ends with uh at the end of part one where it's uh they're all supposed to be going after them and the parents are super concerned and then nothing happens with the parents in part two and nothing happens with them being hunted in part mm. two. It's just like, oh, it's happening. And I mean, like, they show up for, like, two scenes, maybe. Three scenes. Yeah. Um, in the last few episodes. But, like, it, it doesn't have the effect that it, you, it, it, it built up. It was just like, oh, it, it almost feels like just the basketball guys are back, like, trying to get them. Like, they yeah. were at the rest of the season. And I was just like, oh. That's kind of bizarre. That was like my biggest thing of the season where I was just like, that's really weird writing wise where I was just like, I don't, it feels the most like, it's just the thing where I was just like, this feels the most bizarrely untouched. Like you set up so much with this and then it went absolutely nowhere. That, that is a, I totally missed that. Yeah. Cause they did set that whole thing where they were in the town hall Yeah, and, and it, it was, the, it looked the like the like, town was going to turn on the hellfire club and they were all going to go after them. And there was no payoff from that. And there was no, no yeah. follow up from that. It, it just sort of dissipated and stopped. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the end of that episode, it's just like, Oh, it, it, things are going to happen. And then halfway through the last one, you're kind of like, Oh, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just like, Oh this is it. Mm-hmm. It was really bizarre. I don't know. That is that is a good point. And then like, yeah. And then like when they saw like Dustin and all of them later, they didn't say anything. They right. they were just like, oh yeah, he's part of Hellfire, but he's totally normal. Right. Because <laughs> I mean, like everyone had a picture of the Hellfire Club, and he's obviously in it. Yeah. And they're you're, they're obviously hunting him, but and he's walking around helping people. Uh, so like it's really bizarre. It's it's this weird little loophole that's just like, what. <laughs> Yeah, that is a good point. Well, I think the other, some other things of note from that section. There's a lot. Well, really, to be honest, the most content is put in the in the Hawkins yeah Hawkins area because you do have the that's kind of the I guess the main area of things that are going on. Yeah. Um. Is we get some great some great character moments with with um, Max. She yeah. was she was great in the in this in the season yeah they they really uh went hard with making her like a even more of a main character and truly putting more spotlight on her which was pretty cool because i mean uh yeah she's like kind of like the, the main group like group of youngins but um i mean she was kind of like she was the late edition uh she wasn't like the most crazy character that everyone was no like, no, yeah. no no that, that's that's what was really sort of awakening yeah and uh, uh, like at first it was just like oh she's gonna have like a, she's gonna have an edgy arc and then you kind of realize oh vecna and then like it slowly kind of became a thing where it's like she truly became like more of a main character in the season you're like i like this mm-hmm. it, it, and it made sense too because of her thing with billy of billing mm-hmm. of billy getting killed so to have her be the 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 final kill the final death that vecna needs yes 
made perfect sense. But then to have, but then to have that that be a vessel for her sort of getting over the Billy Billy dying. Yeah, it was just a uh, which is a common theme now with the show is killing is killing two birds with one stone is exactly yeah. that. So having a purpose from every single angle that is a highlight of that. Yeah, for sure. The other you kind of we kind of mentioned this before, but seeing getting that Robin and Nancy pair up was cool. Yeah, they had kind of them going off on their own, and then and then meeting the what's the what's the uh, what's the guy's name? I, I'm forgetting him now. Oh, Creel. Yeah, Victor Creel. Freddy Krueger man. Freddy Krueger man. That's right. Seeing meeting up with him and having a Silence of the Lambs esque sort yeah. of dichotomy and and vibe scene. going on there scene was was cool yeah <clears throat> i thought that was that that was interesting and if it wasn't more obvious that they were borrowing from other movies from um friday the 13th or not friday the 13th oh uh nightmare on, nightmare on street. elm street that's yeah. right that definitely made it apparent <laughs> yes uh really that the guy on. who played freddy krueger is, is in it is in it <laughs> And also just another example of the great makeup. I mean, that was just... Ugh, his face was yucky. <laughs> just a little bit. Just oh, yeah. a little. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I think... Is there anything else I want to mention about about that section? I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I think, again, it was just another another showcase of the Duffers managing the amount of characters that they have super well that they have managed yeah and i think too what was nice about hawkins is it did as much as each section could have been its own television show it still had that it still anchored uh all the other things that were going on into the into its into the og setting of yeah of the show so i think ultimately that was that was good but uh yeah i don't i don't think I don't think there's anything else that I want to mention about that. Steve's great. Steve. As usual. What None thing. of the characters fell off, too, from previous seasons, which I think was another big thing. Yeah. Everyone still feels very good. Everyone still... Uh, yes. Correct. But, yeah. I think uh, that's that's all I can think about. But, anyway, we are going to take a break. And then when we come back... We are going to talk about some of the references that came up in this season of Stranger Things. And then we're also going to talk about our season rankings and then we'll wrap things up. So uh, we'll uh, catch you catch you after break. Yeah. Oof. Hey guys, it's John. I just wanted to let you know that instead of continuing with Stranger Things in this episode of the podcast. We are going to pick things up on Wednesday's episode and do a part two where we talk about the references that were in season four of Stranger Things for, for other movies and television, as well as what are, how we rank our seasons, the four seasons that have come out so far, the characters, we'll rank them as well and maybe talk a little bit more about them. And then we will also discuss our how we are feeling about the show as it 
is finished its fourth season, obviously, and is going to conclude with its fifth season. So we will see you on Wednesday. Peace.